0: whereby are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises that we may be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So praise God that because of his promises, his great and precious promises, you know, we we, we can be partakers of his nature. And when I think about the attributes of God, how he's infinite, meaning that he self-existed without origin, He's immutable, meaning that he never changes. We change, but God never changes. God is self-sufficient. He has no needs. God is omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. Those are attributes of God, and we can't be partakers of those. Those aren't to be shared. Those are just for God. But there are some attributes that we can be partakers in. We can be partakers of his wisdom, the wisdom of God, faithfulness, goodness, just, merciful, gracious, loving, holy, glory. We can exhibit God's glory. And so God did not just save us just for us to remain where we are. But God is changing us as we seek him and as we trust him into his divine nature. He's given us attributes of his divine nature. these worthy to be praised. And in 2 Peter verses 1 and 2 it talks about how grace and peace is multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. We're to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Even thinking about the I think about a plant. You know, there are different processes that plants go through. Sometimes when you plant you plant the seed, as the plant grows, you have to repot that plant. It can no longer be sustained in a little pot where you started to seed in. You move it to another pot. And if it continues to grow and continue to get bigger, then you have to move it to another pot. And that's kind of like what the Christian life is. God is calling us to grow in him. Not just to know about his goodness, not just to receive his love, not just to receive what Christ has done, but also to grow in these things, to grow and mature into these things. 2 Peter verse 5 chapter 1 talks about a besides all this, giving diligence to add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should never be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us to be fruitful, amen? When you look at Genesis, what was the first command he gave to Adam and Eve? He said, be fruitful and multiply. And it's the same way today because God doesn't change. He wants us to be fruitful in the things of him. Fruitful in the knowledge of him. Amen? Praise God. With all that in mind, as we look at John chapter 14, let's look at the author's intent for John. In John chapter 20, verse 31, it says, These things are written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, we might have life through his name. That was the purpose, and that was the reason for John writing John. Praise God. As we look at the scripture, let's kind of have a catch up to where we are. We've been to the Passover, where the disciples were fellowshipping and enjoying the Lord. And shortly after the supper... Jesus starts to wash the disciples' feet. And Peter, of course, he didn't want his feet washed. He didn't feel worthy. And I imagine none of them felt worthy. But Peter was bold. Peter would say what he was thinking a lot of times. And he might have had the same thought that everybody else was having, but he'd be the one most vocal. So he said, look, you're not going to wash my feet. He was, he was, he was humble. But Jesus said, no, if I don't wash your feet, if I don't wash you, you have no part of me. And so Peter was like, hey, wash everything. He got overzealous. He got excited. Amen. And Jesus washed his feet. So then Jesus became grieved. And he said, one of you is going to betray me. And uh, fear started to grip the hearts of the disciples. Fear and concern. Who is the Lord who is it? But even in the midst of that, a couple of disciples leaned on Jesus right next to him. They were finding peace and comfort. In the midst of their fear, in the midst of their uncertainty, they were still able to trust in Jesus in that moment. And now they were trusting him with questions. The trust was in the form of questions. And they were pleading, they were wondering who it would be. And Jesus let one of the disciples know that it was Judas Iscariot. He said, whomever I Dip this bread in the sop, and whoever I give it to, that's who's going to betray me. And Judas scared was the one he gave it to. And when he gave it to him, the Bible said the spirit, the devil entered him. And Jesus told him, "That thou doest, do quickly." So now Judas is gone. And so now, when Je- when Judas left, Jesus started something. He was going to leave. He was going to depart. But where he was going, they couldn't follow. And as they were listening, fear again, yet again, I could imagine it ripping the heart of the disciples. Where is Jesus going? And we can't come with him. There, but again, there, knowing who Jesus is, knowing that he was the chosen one, they're asking him. Peter asked him, Where are you going, Lord? And so, Jesus continued with, Where I'm going, you can't come. Well, you will come afterwards. And Peter said, where, where are you going? I'll die for you. And so Jesus began to explain to him, oh, you, You'll you die for me? Well, verily I say unto you, you know, and no I'm paraphrasing. He's saying, Before a cock crow, you're going to nail me three times. Wow. And so that's where we are. That's where we are within what's going on. In John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 13, let me read these, John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 13, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive them to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Verse 7 If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it suffices us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Because, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father's in me. Or else believe me for the works sake. Verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we thank you that we can stand on your word. We can trust in your word. Lord, we know that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from your mouth. Lord, your word is a comfort to us. Your word is a peace to us. Lord, because we trust in you, Grace us even now as we share in your word to trust in you. Lord, touch our hearts and let our hearts be good ground that we can be receptive and perceptive. Grace us, Heavenly Father, to bear fruit, to not just be hearers of your word, but to be doers, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Wow. As we go through these verses, the author is sharing with us some attributes of the Father that are in Jesus, and some of these attributes are love. We're going to see that within this chapter, within these verses. We're going to see the self sufficiency of God, of Jesus. He didn't need anybody. He wasn't needing any comfort. He wasn't. He wasn't needing anybody. Uh, we see God as omnipotent. We see Christ being all powerful in this situation. We see the faithfulness of God in the attributes of Christ. We see him omniscient, all knowing, and that he's immutable. Jesus maintained what well, he didn't change. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, people can change our minds about different things. But God's plans are going to come to fruition. God's will is going to be done. Heaven is not going to pass away, but His Word is not going to pass away. So these are some of the attributes we see in here as we look at this. Let's look at verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Why in the world is Jesus saying, let not your heart be troubled? Well, when we look at the previous verses, we see that Jesus was troubled in spirit in the previous chapter, verse 21, and testified that someone should betray him. We saw in the last chapter, in verse 30, Judas had gone to who knows where. In verse 33 of the last chapter, Jesus explained that he was leaving and that the disciples couldn't come with him. And then Peter, in verse 36, in the last chapter, Peter's seeking to know where Jesus is going, and he didn't get any clues. And so, in verse 37, Peter is persistently seeking and asking where he's going. Uh, And so, Jesus finally tells him, well, well, I'm sorry, in 37, Peter, he was persistently seeking to ask where Jesus was going. And uh, in verse 38, Jesus tells him that you're going to betray me. You're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. So, it's a lot going on. Judas is gone. Peter is, Christ told him that Peter's going to deny him. A lot is going on here. A lot of fear, I could imagine, is gripping their hearts. And they don't know what to do. And so, Jesus comforts them with this command. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Here we see the love of Christ. We see the compassion of Christ, of the Father in this situation. He's encouraging them. As fear grips their hearts, Jesus explains he's going away. In similar fashion, we see this, and then, well, the second part of the verse. Let not try be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. The same gravity that they have for God, the same trust that they have in God, Jesus saying, hey, you believe in God, believe also in me. And we see this in Isaiah, we see an example of this in Isaiah chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. It says, Behold, God, my salvation, I will trust, I would not be afraid, For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy, I will draw water from the wells of salvation. In the same way that they were drawing their strength from the Father, in the same way that they were looking to the Father, in the same way Jesus said, hey, trust in me. We see a similar sentiment sentiment in Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not consume you. In the same way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trusted in God, they could trust in Jesus. In the same way, Abraham, as he waited on the promise and he believed God, we could trust in Jesus. He was saying, you believe in God, believe also in me. And I could imagine that that was comforting. Because this is not just anybody saying this. This is the one who they've seen walk on water. This is the one whom they've seen perform miracles. This is the one they knew was the Messiah. They knew that he was God in the flesh. So for him to say, trust in God, trust in me. They gave him comfort. And it gives us comfort. Those of us that we trust in Christ, it gives us comfort. Wow. So he goes on in verse 2. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If we were not saw, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's where he was going. So finally, Peter gets his answer. But sometimes God don't answer exactly like we want an answer. Peter probably wanted specifics or, you know, more details. But Jesus told him, hey, I go to prepare a place for you. So he wasn't just leaving just to be leaving. But he was so often as we're going through life and we're going through things, we wonder why. Why did God allow this? Why did God allow that? But we can trust that it's all working for our good, amen? God has not forgotten us. He thinks about us. He loves us. In the same love that the Father has for Jesus, we're in the same position in Christ. Man, God loves us. And so he said, I go to a way to prepare a place for you. That reminds me of Jeremiah 29 and 11. It says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Jesus knew what he was doing. Sometimes we don't know what God is doing. And sometimes it's hard to see because we got so much fear and so much anxiety and so much going on. It's hard to understand what's going on. Why is God allowing this to happen? I just don't. But we can trust him in the midst of all this. Amen. It reminds me of Isaiah 43 and 2. When thou pass through the waters again, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt; Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. The things that believers go through, they're for our good. We have waters of fear. We have rivers of doubt. We have fires of temptation. All these things that we go through as we trust in Christ through repentance and belief, God is glorified and we're sharpened and we're strengthened and we're encouraged and we're made stronger as we trust in the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. God's children, as God's children, we benefit from every difficulty we experience. We benefit from every Difficulty we experience as God's children. But unbelievers, those who are not trusting in Christ through repentance and belief, they have no assurance. And they have no reassurance. There's no guarantee for an unbeliever where this is going to lead them. Except to hell and destruction. Separation from God. That's the only thing unbeliever can be sure of. But those of us in Christ, we have comfort. Amen? Hallelujah. We have great comfort. Wow. Hmm. So moving on, looking at verse 4 and where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas says unto him, Lord, we know not where thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ is the way. He is the truth, and he's the life, amen? He's the way to the Father. Hallelujah. Man, that is so encouraging for those of us in Christ. <laughs> His word confirms that, we, that, 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 that we, we're making the right choice, that God has given us the right desires. God has given us the right heart to follow after Jesus because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord verse seven if ye had known me you should have known my father also and for henceforth if you know him and I've seen him we see again Jesus is explaining that you could see the father through him through his words through his actions his acts of love his acts of compassion his faithfulness the glory that he exhibited as he spoke and what he did and even further than that, The Bible says that he was wounded for our transgressions. I'm getting ahead of myself. Praise God. But he wasn't just wounded physically. Every pain that we could experience, every emotional pain, being isolated, being being separated, being shunned, being ostracized. He was wounded for our transgression, and he was bruised for our iniquity. That happened on the cross, but it happened in his life. He went through bruising. The chest of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we're healed. And that's referring to the cross. All of that's referring to the cross. But even before the cross, Jesus experienced that in his life. He experienced that on a daily basis. When people denied him, when people plotted against him. But he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. Hallelujah. Wow. Verse 10, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else, believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I shall do, He should do the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. He had to go. He had to go. That God would be glorified in them. He said, Greater works than these shall you do. He had to go to prepare a place for us. And to prepare us to increase our faith, to build our faith, to do something in us. Because again, as it was mentioned before, with him being there, why do you need faith when you got Jesus right there with you? You can touch Jesus. You can go to Jesus. He's there. And then too, what God wanted to do in the hearts of man, Jesus being in the body at the time, well, he's in the body now. God moved by his spirit. There was a work in the spirit of the spirit that needed to be done. So Jesus had to go to the Father. And finally, the last verse, last two. Verily, verily I said to you, he that believes for me, the works that I do, shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father and whatsoever you shall ask in my name that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son whatever we ask in the name of Jesus whatever we ask according to the words of Jesus whatever we ask according to the heart of Jesus all this great all this weight and all this gravity has been put on Jesus Christ because he wanted, the, the scripture talks about how God wants to honor, in the same way we honor the father, he wants us to honor the son. Think about it. I've heard of people who own companies and they want to change the leadership. Well, look at Joshua. Moses was the one that God was using to bring the people out of the promised, to the promised land. And so when God chose Joshua, Moses kind of started stepping back. And allowed Joshua to kind of take the lead. So the people respect him in the same way they respected Moses. And so it is with the father. Jesus Christ is on the right hand of the father. And the same weight and the same respect and the same honor that the father has, the son is worthy of it. So look at what he says. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. The father will do it. So the question is, are we operating within his name? Are we seeking to speak within his name? Are we within the the confines of what Jesus wants? Are we living for Jesus? Are we living for Christ? Are we seeking to please God? Because the only thing that God is guaranteed to honor is his word. The only thing that is guaranteed is what he told us. Through through repentance and belief, we can receive everything that the Father has for us. But apart from that, we only get separation because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. We see here, look at the comfort. Look at the peace that Jesus offered to them. And this is man, life will be a roller coaster, and we see that within uh, John chapter 4, 13 and the beginning of chapter uh, thirteen and the beginning of fourteen. Life is this; they're going through a roller coaster right now. They're going through all kind of changes, emotional roller coaster up and down. They're going through a lot. But Jesus is saying, "Hey, if you trust in me, as you trust in the Father." If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. And we see that he's there for them. He's meeting their needs. In the same way, God will be there for us. And God will meet our needs as we trust him. As we seek him. But not through any means or through any way. It has to be through Christ. That's it. It has to be through Christ. Praise God for that knowledge. Because you want to know where you're going. You don't want to just be... You know, you don't want to just be going and going with no direction and no destination. But we have destination in Christ, amen? Mm. We have peace in Christ, amen? We have joy in Christ because we believe. As we believe in God, we believe in the Son through repentance and belief, amen? But those of us who haven't repented and believed, those of us who aren't walking in repentance and belief, we have no hope. We have to do it ourselves. All the pressure is on you. All the gravity is on you to get it done, to get it taken care of. All your responsibilities in your life, in your home, the job, whatever you're dealing with. It's all on you. And then on top of all that, it's eternal life apart. It's eternal separation apart from God. Crowd to God that he would grace us to choose life. out to God that he would grace us to see our need for a Savior, because we've sinned, and we're enemies of God outside of Christ. We've sinned, we need a Savior, we need help. Those of us, by God's grace, who humble ourselves and cry for help, he hears our cry, and he answers. He's already answered. Let's receive what God has done, amen? Let's receive Jesus Christ. Let's pray And ask God, Lord, grant us to repent and believe. Grace us to see our need for you. Help us, God, because we stand in need for you. We stand in need of you, Heavenly Father. We stand in need of God, just like they stood. There's so many fears. There's so many things going on in our hearts. There's so many things going on in this world. Man, there's so many things going on within our families, on our jobs. There's so many things. There's so much fear. There's so much doubt. There's so much uncertainty. Our certainty is in Christ. Our hope is in Christ. He is all we have and he's enough. Is he enough for you today? Has God revealed to you by his spirit that Christ is enough? If God's revealed to you by his spirit that Christ is enough, cry out for repentance. Cry out and God will hear your cry according to his word, according to his will, and he'll forgive you. And man, he, the, the the fruitfulness, the, the, the joy and the peace, the love, not just coming to you, but it's going to flow through you to those around. You. Amen? Praise God. That's what we have in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Will you have it today? Will you have it today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, God, that all the pressure of the season, all the pressure of our lives all the pressure of the family all the pressure of the home lord we can cast our cares upon you because you care Lord, we don't have to be fearful and we don't have to be doubtful we don't have to move within these things lord god but we can have peace in the midst of our trials in the midst of our storms in the midst of uncertainty lord we can trust that you know what's best even when we don't know what's going on we don't understand Lord, even when it's difficult, we can trust in you. We see the disciples, they have an opportunity to trust in you. And God, they've gotten some, some difficult news. They're, they're struggling right now, fearful, doubtful. But Lord, the same peace that you offer them, you offer us. Grace us to accept that you're enough. Grace us to cast our cares up on you. Grace us to trust you with all of our heart and not lean to our own understanding. Grace us to acknowledge you and trust you. Lord, we need you. Let us see our need for you right now, God. And grace us to repent and believe on Christ, our only hope. Let us see the gravity of our sin. Let us see the gravity of how it separates us from you, Heavenly Father. Let us see that the wages of sin is death. And grace is to choose life. Trusting in Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.